the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I'm telling you, you guys are so terrific. We had such a good time yesterday. Scott Wilder and Mike and I in the studio here raising money for Save the Children. Um, We exceeded (laughs) every possible metric we had set up for those two days. Mike, am I making it up? It was awesome. It was really awesome. Thank you, listeners. I'll tell you. I mean, you guys, I can't even get over how much cash was brought in yesterday. Just... One-time gifts, monthly gifts. Um, gosh, I'm just really, just really grateful to all of you guys. So for for uh, those of you who were part of the Save the Children campaign, um, my and Mike's sincere, sincere yeah. thanks. Tip thanks, of the cap. Yep, tip of the cap. And thanks to Scott Wilder because we always have such a good time when he's here. Um, right now, though, I think it's – is it too early, Mike? Never. I don't think it's too early, right? No. I think it's time. I think it's a perfect time, actually, to say your weekend – has begun. Oh, how exciting. I didn't know we were shouting. It's great. Have you ever perf- have you ever danced along to this song at Groundhog Day? On Groundhog Day? It's, a, it's only fun if you're standing on a frozen hillside at six in the morning. <laughs> Getting the, just a little bit softer now. The vo- <laughs> That's the voice of Dave Moore, uh, Pittsburgh Urban Christian School. Dave, you know, I appreciate, first of all, you being here. Second of all, the fact that you're the only human that I've ever known. Really? Who No, who oh. goes to Punxsutawney for Groundhog Day. The only person I've what? ever No, met. you know, I'm, okay, here's the thing. I mean, yeah. There are others. I, well, there's like 12 of you. No. <laughs> Look at the and pictures. Of, and a couple of the people are new to the country. Look at the pictures. There's 30,000 people there every year. I don't think there's 30. I can't be 30,000. Oh, Kathy, you're going next year. I've never, I can't. It's, it's on a Sunday. It's, oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, we'll find somebody to lead worship for you. <laughs> you're, you're so coming along. Can, can you even get close to the groundhog? Yes. How, what was the, I get was my the, picture taken with it. Oh, you do? Yeah. I mean, he's inside a cage, but yes. Oh, right. Of course. It's not like you're putting your yeah. arm over it. Oh, this thing. is, yeah. Uh, like, when we get there and we're, like, we stand in the same place every year, we are maybe 10 rows back from Groundhog Central. Wow. Yep. And then they invite people to come up, take pictures. How, I, I led us down this trail in the middle of August, didn't I? But I liked No, I liked okay, it. Okay, thanks. Yeah. But... But it's it's a party song. It is. A, it's a party is, song, and if you've partied to that song with a groundhog, it's hard not to bring it up. It's hard not to bring it up. Yeah. Sure. Let me just say before we leave this subject that if you want to read something funny, you have to read Dave's um, first person account of being in Punxsutawney because <laughs> it is. Should I post that? Truly, should I send that to you? Yeah, to if post? you could send it to me, right, I'd be I'll happy to, to, post to post it. it. I mean, because yeah. some people are looking for something different to read in August, right? right? Yeah. Well, you know, we celebrate Christmas in in July. 
That's a good point. So why not celebrate Groundhog Day in August? I think it's a great idea. Find us on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. And I'll post that before the end of today. All right. So um, I'm happy to tell you that it is, what's it called? Uh, na- what is it? National Book Day. National no. Book Day. It's not National Book Day. It's Book Lovers Day, oh. which book is lovers. different. It's Book yeah. Lovers Day. This is kind of like the nature rights thing. I think The books is. don't actually have rights. It's the book lovers Ex- who have rights. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Books can't celebrate. So happy Book Lovers Day. I know that you are a book lover, Dave Moore. And uh, there are many people across the United States who also find themselves interested in reading. And so I looked up some articles that might you know, give us more information on those people. You Googled. Are you ready? Cool. The most literate cities in the United States. Not including Pittsburgh. The study. <coughs> pardon. <laughs> that was for dramatic effect. Which ranks the reading habits and resources of the nation's 82 largest cities. Okay. Is based on data gathered a couple of years ago. Right. So it's not this year. But, you know, it takes a while to gather your data. But this is the 13th year that this study has been conducted. And this is what it measures. Get ready. Citizens' use of literacy through criteria including local bookstores educational levels, internet and library resources, newspaper circulation. Boy, newspaper circulation is tough nowadays. It sure is tough. Uh, So adding all of those metrics together, they have arrived at the list I have in my hands, even as we speak. I have the top 10 most literate cities in America. Would you like to hear them? Yes. Number 10, Boston. Makes sense. Number nine, St. Paul, Minnesota. What else are you going to do in the middle of winter? Okay, Minneapolis is not – so Minneapolis – St. Paul like reads a lot and Minneapolis doesn't. Aren't they together? Yeah. Well, they are together, but but they are separate cities. But it's interesting that St. Paul's on the list and – Okay, but St. Paul is the government city. Right. And Minneapolis is the commercial city. Okay. It's also where all the sports teams are, so let's be honest. (laughs) Number eight, Cincinnati. Huh. The Bengals fan also reads. Okay. I, I don't think Perfect is reading, but well, maybe. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Number seven, Portland. Well, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Portland is the, what's, <laughs> my, are you laughing? My, I'm just laughing because every time I hear Portland, I think of the show Portlandia. Portlandia. Oh, yeah. It's it, <laughs> so hilarious. It is so. Were you thinking of the feminist bookstore? Such an odd city. Are you thinking of the feminist bookstore? Yes, yes, yes. That's, I yes. wanted to visit there so much until about five years ago when the Antifa thing started. Yeah, yeah. And like, no. Yeah, our good friend Drew Dick lives there, and so I keep in touch with him. Things are rough there. I heard you can get some amazing, good coffee there. Listen, amazingly I don't, good. I don't drink coffee. Um, so I don't know, but when I was in Portland, I have to tell you, I went to, I think it's called Tower Books. Tower Books? Am I right about that? No, uh, I only know Tower Records. Uh, people, people, those of you who are, are from Portland who are listening right now or who have been to Portland are probably screaming at your radio. Yeah. I think it's Tower Books, but it's a Powell, Powell Books, maybe. Pow! Something like that. <laughs> it's the biggest bookstore I've ever been in in my life, okay. which is in Portland, Oregon. So they are definitely readers. Number six, top 10 most literate cities in America. Pittsburgh! Number six. We're number six. I feel good about that. Five is San Francisco. Four is Atlanta. Oh, look. Three. Guess what three is? Minneapolis. Tupelo. Oh. Minneapolis. Okay. Number two, Seattle. The number one most literate city in America. Oh, man. 
You're gonna you, the way you're looking at me tells me it's Philadelphia, Washington D.C. Oh, well, of course. Okay, but think about the number of government cities on that Spare list. Spare me yeah. already. If Washington, Correct. thank. <laughs> if that's the most literate city in America, and that's the result <laughs> of being literate. Then maybe we should stop reading. Let's just stop reading. Yeah. Powell's City of Books. Powell's. That's right. Okay. Yes. It is uh, tremendous in Portland. Yeah. I wonder, is can you connect um, political flavorings in that list? Well, so I'm I mean, look- I think of Portland Yes. Okay. So there are, there are blue cities. Yeah. So we've got Washington, D.C. is a blue city. Seattle's a blue city. San Francisco's a blue city. Portland's a blue city. And Boston's a blue city. So yeah. that's five out of the top ten. Okay. Do you think that – would you say Minneapolis and St. Paul are blue cities? Um, yeah, but a different the, flavor. Yeah, okay. A different flavor. You know, it's the Norwegian. They're more median. They're more median, right? They'd be more moderate, right? So I'd say five out of the ten are uh, are lefties. Yeah. Um, Being literate, says the man who came up with this uh, this ranking, involves far more than being able to read. It involves actually reading. Exhibiting literate behavior is what Americans' most literate cities measures. Do people in a city support bookstores? Do they have an excellent library system? Do they read a local newspaper? Do they practice online literacy? I am happy to tell you Pittsburgh comes in at number six. Thank you. Yeah. Would you like to know where Philadelphia is? Because I've highlighted it. Yes. Oh, have you? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's probably in the 40s. It's 35. Oh, okay. How do you feel about your home city being down there? It's not my home city. I'm from Harrisburg. Whatever. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just knew Harrisburg wasn't going to make the list because it's I, not in the top 82. But listen, he says it's like yeah. he's from Philadelphia because Harrisburg doesn't have sports teams. Right. Number 21 is Cleveland. Oh. Just to okay. bring up some local flavor. So I feel very good about our ranking in the most literative cities. Number six. Number six. Don't look you feel Pittsburgh. good about that, Mike? I feel great about it. All right. So and we- look how it's paid off. You know, you know, I'd appreciate a little more literacy heading into the tunnels where it says maintain present speed. Right. Yeah. That's when people all of a sudden forget how to read. Yes. Or they're too busy looking at their phone. That's true. <laughs> listen, do not look at your phone when you're driving. If you are driving right now, listen, do not look at your phone. Okay. Right. Lots more to come on today's show. We're going to talk about... Uh, Uh, Book Lovers Day. We'll talk about in the five o'clock hour five of our favorite books of all time and one book that we are currently reading. So that'll be fun. Um, We're also going to talk a little bit about um, evangelism in the USA. Chris Buda was in studio with us a couple days ago and we got such good feedback on that interview. I wanted to rerun it in the other hour so other listeners can hear that. We'll talk about whether evangelism is the same today as it was 20 years ago. The way we talk about faith, has it changed? Um, We'll talk about the karaoke singer who's been hospitalized in China. (laughs) which I know people are concerned about. And we'll also talk about the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Where do they live? What do they do? Are the number of nuns on the rise? Uh, Dr. Ryan Burge, professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University, will be with us next. We'll talk about who doesn't believe and why. One hundred one point five WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Paul said you can't even compare the glory that we will receive with the suffering that we now know. He's going to turn every tear to a pearl, every hurt to a hallelujah, and every defeat into a victory, and every Calvary into an Easter. When Jesus comes. If you're going through difficult days, listen to Adrian Rogers' uplifting series under the great physician's care this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Thinking about life insurance? 
What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. This is the Entertainment Answer. Actress Rachel Bloom voices Silver in the new animated Angry Birds movie 2. And she says that there are human emotions running all through this film. Despite the fact that it's about birds and pigs, and I think it's actually some really universal themes. Every time we get into Red's head about the fear of disappointing everyone and being abandoned, I just find that really relatable. And I'm certainly not a bird who saved an island from pigs. That is very human. The Angry Birds Movie 2, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask Home Advisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. How much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness, just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on W-O-R-D. Oh, it's a Friday, people. Kick back and enjoy. We're a little punchy. We are a little punchy. We have a, uh, a lot of good conversation ahead today, and I'm excited to have Ryan Burge back with us. Uh, Dr. Burge is professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University, where he teaches American institutions, public administration, and international relations. His research focuses largely on the intersection between religiosity and political behavior, especially in the American context. And you know what? There's a lot of political behavior going on. Ryan Burge, welcome back in. So glad to be with you guys. Yeah, Ryan. Um, so you've been writing and reading about the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S. So first off, give us a definition. Are these people in America who we've just labeled that because they just don't believe anything? Yeah, it's actually sort of an amorphous definition that no one's really codified. You know, you can't go to the dictionary and look up the N-O-N-E-S people. But right. our basic conception is it's people who are who on surveys, at least, will tell you that they're religiously unaffiliated. So these are like atheists or agnostic, or there's this interesting group now called the nothing in particular category, which are people who just sort of shrug at the religion question. You know, they just don't mm-hmm. want to identify mm-hmm. as, as anything at all. And and so they're actually, the nothing in particular group is, I think, is the most under um, talked about um, under the radar group in America, because they make up 20% of America, which really? is actually the 
Yeah. They're the second largest group in America. They're actually larger than Roman Catholics now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That -hmm. that is shocking to me. Yeah. 39% of Americans are Protestants, and 20% are nothing in particular, and about 18 or 19% are Catholic. Wow. And here's what's even more interesting. In the last 10 years, the nothing in particular group has grown from 15% to 20% in 10 years. Wow. So that so I bet that's a number that was relatively flat for a long time and then there was a big jump. Exactly right. I mean what we're seeing is that people are disengaging with society. A lot of the structures that sort of our parents and grandparents used to be parts of, things like, you know, the the VFW and the moose and the elks and the, you know, all the the American Legion, all these social organizations, even things like bowling leagues where people used to bowl in bowling leagues all the time. Now no one bowls in bowling leagues anymore. They bowl by themselves. They go with their family. They go on the weekend once, and that's it. So what we're seeing is that people are sort of rejecting all the major societal institutions, including religion, and are sort of unmoored, sort of just floating in space. I want to go back to this question of, or, or this this issue of 20% of people who believe nothing. Um, it, it struck me as I was um, working on this before the show that there's a distinction between the unbelief or the lament or the doubt or frustration that we see in the Bible and the and the unbelief or doubt that we see mm-hmm. now and, and even really um through through the Bible and in most of history where unbelief or doubt was um not really a doubt that there was a higher being there is there is uh, almost it was a universal like disappointment with God, right? Universal belief in a in a in a transcendent one. Just a question of what form he or she took, and what um, and whether there was goodness there, but he, and whether it was um, that God was interested in affairs and really cared about humanity. But the recent uh, the recent doubt or the recent unbelief is a complete. Um, not just a disregard for that transcendent being, but a but a non-belief in that in the existence of such beings, as though this really all it is. Mm. I, am I am I reading that correctly? Well, I think what what you're seeing is that unfortunately American Christianity has become um, more and more strident, more and more conservative. I guess you could say more and more certain of itself over the last fifty years or so. And I grew up Southern Baptist. I mean, I grew up in a, in a church that told you, like, if you don't believe this and you don't believe that, then you are a doubter and a heretic. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much certainty there. And I, I was a kid, and I, I'm still that way. So I'm an academic. I question everything, right? I doubt everything. I struggle with everything. And that was a, a, an environment to me that seemed hostile because it didn't, they, they didn't want to hear my questions. I was afraid to say things like, I don't know if I believe in the resurrection. Or I don't know if I believe in you know, the, the creation story. And so what ha- what's happened in American Christianity, unfortunately, is we almost created this litmus test where it's, you've got to check all these boxes mm. or you're not one of us. Mm. And, and that, is, that disregards hundreds of years of Christian history of orthodoxy where there were many types of beliefs in the church, and they were all welcomed and accepted because we understood that people come to the Bible with different, with different backgrounds, different perceptions huh. of things. Yeah. Boy, you know what, Ryan? That's a really interesting point. It reminds me of an article I read a couple years ago on the book of Acts and how when you look at the sharing of the gospel 
and the different instances of how it was done and what was said, there wasn't a single instance where like all of the things that we would say are essential were all shared. That's exactly right. I mean, I, I, I always tell people that, listen, some people need to hear that God is going to punish the wicked, but some people need to hear that God loves them unconditionally, right? So evangelism looks differently based on who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Now, are you being disingenuous by only giving them a part of the gospel at this one point? I don't think so, because the gospel is this beautiful thing that you can turn it and you can change it, mm-hmm. and it means something, something different to everyone, and that's okay. But we, we can't present it like, well, this is all it is, and you can't add anything or subtract anything. This is exactly what the gospel means, and if you don't take all of it, you take none of it. That absolutism, I think, is probably something to do with the rise of the nuns in America. Dr. Ryan Burge is with us, professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. Uh, Ryan, what about people's willingness to talk about it. I'm wondering if you can tell whether that figures into the numbers as well, because I wonder if people are more comfortable saying that they believe nothing in particular, and maybe decades ago it seemed culturally, I don't know, inappropriate or scandalous or unsavory or whatever, and so they just didn't before. Yeah, I think you've hit, that's that's one of the key things that I would argue is why we're seeing more nuns now, not because there are more nuns now. It's because on surveys, people are more willing to say they're nuns now because as more people come out as nuns, express their you know disbelief or not belief in a public way, it becomes even more acceptable for the next person to say that. And so what we have on surveys is what's called social desirability bias, which is a fancy academic way of saying that people lie. <laughs> they want the person taking the survey to think they're a good person. So they ask, how often do you go to church? You say, oh, I go every week, when really you go like three times a year because you want to look good, right? So over time, Christianity has moved from this sort of vaunted place in American society where everyone was sort of generically Christian to now it's like, well, I can actually say that I'm not a Christian on surveys anymore. And the more people that come out that way, the easier it gets from the next wave of survey, and then it sort of feeds on itself. And so maybe actually what we're seeing now is people being honest when they lied 30 years ago. Right. Okay, so does that tell us – it's hard to know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think, you know, when we see the rise of the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, you know, from a Christian perspective, you think, oh, this is terrible. There are all these people that don't believe. But if you look at it the way that you just, the perspective you just brought, it might be a good thing that people are being honest about what they actually think instead of just telling us what they think we want to hear. No, oh, from a social science perspective, it's way, way 1,000% better than it used to be. Because now what we have is people actually being honest on surveys and telling us the truth as opposed to telling us lies. So we get a more accurate count of the number of Christians, the number of church attenders and everything else. I think it also is helpful because, you know, in anything in life, the first thing you have to understand is you have to be honest with yourself and honest with who you are, right? And so if someone is not honest in what they really truly believe or don't believe, then we can't know how to reach them or how to talk to them about faith, religion, spirituality, you know, how to help them in their situation unless they understand where they are in their situation. And the person who is honest with themselves about their unbelief is much closer to believing than the person who's full in themselves. For sure. Now, uh, Ryan, getting closer to your work or to your unique specialty, Mm -hmm. um, in what ways does this non-belief in this this significant segment of non-belief um, impact people's behavior, how they talk, how they interact with each other? Well, we do know that by and large, these people 
not attending church as much or not engaged in society as much. They don't do things like mm. attend a city council meeting, hmm. um, you know, go to a protest or a rally, vote, run for office, donate to a candidate or a cause. And all these things are bad. Like we, we want people to be involved and engaged in democracy because the more involved and engaged they are, the more likely they are to think it, it reflects their needs and their desires and they feel better about the whole thing. So, you know, by and large, we want people to be involved in what's going on. And, and these, these nuns are not being involved. And, that's, and I think that also makes people feel even less connected to society as a whole. They drift away. They become lonely. They become depressed. They become anxious mental health issues are on the rise. And so I think all those things are sort of tied together in this big stew that we have in the 21st century. Mm. Well, so people aren't just withdrawing from religion or from faith community or whatever, but they're withdrawing from everything? Yeah. I mean, that's what we're seeing by and large. And actually, interestingly enough, this was predicted in a book that came out in the 1990s called Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam. And he oh, said, right. the, 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 yeah, the I remember chief, that book. You know that book? Yeah. yeah. It was pretty famous. It actually kind of broke into the mainstream for a while. And what's interesting is Putnam blamed all this on cable television. Oh, what Which can't we blame on cable television? <laughs> right. Well, exactly right. But then I would argue, isn't, isn't social media and the internet cable television on steroids? Yes, mm. it is. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever Putnam saw in the 1990s, I think we're seeing, you know, tenfold in the 2010s and 2020s as social media becomes even more pervasive, as we can, you know, stay at home and we can watch movies at home now. We have Netflix, we have, so you know, Facebook and Twitter. We have all these ways to connect. We don't have to go out into society and actually interact with real people. We can do that in our home, which is, by the way, not real interaction and not real socialization. Hmm. My family was watching, um, in fact, streaming Netflix, just as you were talking, speaking of, Ryan, just the uh, night before last. <laughs> Intersection and of everything there. It is. Um, but we were watching the Dick Van Dyke show, which uh, premiered, and we were watching the first season, 1962 is when it came out. And um, my co-host, John Hall, who's not here today, he is the one who said years ago, you really need to watch the Dick Van Dyke show. And yeah. I'd seen Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, but never seen this. Listen to me. It's a fabulous show. It is such a fabulous show. Yeah. But we've, we've watched it with our kids since they were little. And so my daughters always laugh about the dinner parties they have, right? <laughs> because, you know, every, all the women are wearing dresses mm -hmm. and heels and the men are wearing suits. And Laura has cooked ribs like she always does. Yes. And every, anyway, we were laughing. And the children are nowhere to be of seen. Of course, there are no children. No. Richie's completely gone. Um, but the interesting thing in talking about that is I wasn't a kid until, you know, 15 years after that. But... I remember that there were a lot more parties when I was little and my parents were having people over than I, we ever do, my, my husband and I now. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll think, I mean, think about geography. Just, just if you want to see this on display, you can see this physically. If you drive down a, a neighborhood, a suburban neighborhood that's been built in, let's say, the last 20 years and look at the front of houses, okay, what you're going to see is a front porch that might fit one or two chairs at the most that are just there for decoration and no one ever uses. Mm. Okay, if, if you go around to the back, what do you see, though? You typically see a thousand square foot deck and you see a six foot privacy fence all the way around. That the yard, is a good point. Right? You're right about that. Mm -hmm. And my house is built in 1940, and I have a huge porch on the front of my house. Right. And I have no porch on the back of my so house. So do I. Same thing. My, my house is 1930. Exactly. Yep. 
And I love to exactly, just sit out on the front porch and watch people walk Please by. Please don't say you're in your underwear. Do not say no. that. No. Okay, that's a relief. No. You know that's, that used to happen. You know Kathy, it did. This is a family show. I'm just saying. Okay, Ryan Burge has been with us. Uh, Ryan, I got to tell you, I get a real kick out of you coming in. I mean, it's just, it's it's really interesting information. You present it well. And uh, this is something we all need to know. So I really appreciate your time today. I'll love being with yeah. you guys. Thanks, Ryan. find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch TV in bed? Consider an adjustable bed from the original Mattress Factory and elevate your sleep experience. Raise your head and feet to the zero gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The original Mattress Factory offers two models of high-quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an original mattress. Visit an original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you. Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Today's world craves leaders, leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, you can get a $25 prepaid Visa card by mail when you buy any Napa automotive battery. That's Napa know-how at participating Napa Auto Parts stores and auto care centers. While supplies last, offer expires August 31st. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Clear skies and comfortable for tonight, dropping down to a low of 58 degrees. Tomorrow, a nice start to the weekend with plenty of sunshine, pleasantly warm with low humidity, high 78. Clear and comfortable again for tomorrow night, low 56. Staying nice for Sunday with sunshine mixed with some clouds, 
Sunday's high 81 degrees. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. The Friday feature is a segment dedicated to the finer things. Each week, we'll give you a few recommendations of fun stuff you might consider that'll get you out of your house and off your screen as your weekend approaches. The Friday feature this week is Market Square. The long summer days and lazy nights are going to be gone before you know it, and I've got a great idea for your weekend. Take an evening drive, not out to the country, though, that'd be nice too. No, take a drive downtown and hang out at the PPG Fountain. If you're like me, you're used to being around PPG in the winter when the skating rink is up and going. But in the summer, the fountain is out and it's beautiful at night. It's perfect for kiddos because they can run into and all over the fountain. It's lit from above and it's just lovely for late summer reflecting. So walk into Market Square after that for some food at one of the about 10 restaurants. Get some ice cream or just sit and enjoy the glories of warm weather in Pittsburgh. And the cherry on top of this summer Sunday is that parking at the PPG lot is only 5 after 6 p.m. Friday and all day Saturday and Sunday. So try it out. Market Square and the PPG Fountain. And that's your Friday feature. So get out and enjoy your city. WORD. It's summer in Pittsburgh, but already Word FM is talking about heading back to school. Back to school! If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half-price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuition. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. Call 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at wordfm.com. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own MyPillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. MyPillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a MyPillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. 
Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Celebrating Book Lovers Day. In the studio with Dave Moore today, who's in for John Hall, who's taken a day off. New Mike uh, in the other room as well. Happy to be along on your Friday. Um, so let me bring up a, a list of um, of best-selling books in the country this week. A couple of these were interesting to me. Dave, I wanted to get you read on uh, if you uh, – if you do. You, first of all, do you usually read non or fiction? Uh, probably two-thirds non. Okay. All right. I do two-thirds fiction. So we can kind of split it there. Um, as far as hardcover nonfiction okay. right now, um, these are the top sellers. Educated by Tara Westover. Uh, Mark Levin's book, Unfreedom of the Press, is number two. Tom Rath's Strengths Finder, which I think you read. Did you? Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Okay. Those are the, the top four. Um, other notables, I think number six is Rachel Hollis, Girl, Wash Your Face. Um, and she also. Oh, so I thought you were looking at a picture saying, girl, wash your face. Oh, no, that, you were talking about no, a book. No, that's the name of her book. Okay. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize she's on here twice. She's at number six and number eight. She's also on here for Girl Stop Apologizing. Um, but I also wanted to bring up David McCullough, whose work I absolutely love. His work, his book on the pioneers, the heroic story of the settlers who that's brought made the, the top 10? American ideal west is at number nine. All right. Isn't that good? I'm excited about that. Um, but here's the, here's the thing I thought was interesting. Do you ever read books on Kindle or a Kobo no. or anything like that? No. Okay. Well, I got a, an, an e-reader, um, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something. And I thought it was going to revolutionize my life. Until I used it for about a year, and I realized that, first of all, I missed holding a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but second of all, I don't remember things nearly as well when I read them on an e-reader as I do if I'm reading a book. Really? Yeah. And I looked into that. I thought, I wonder if I'm unique. Well, I am far from unique in that regard because— You're just ordinary. I am. I won't yeah. believe me. It's not the first time I've thought it. But the way we remember things when we read has a lot to do with placement, on a page. Oh, wow. Like yeah, the, geog- oh, the geography of where yes. things are. And the thing about an e-reader is depending, you know, you can make the font bigger or smaller oh, or change. Wow. So there's no placement. Okay, this is my argument for people using their actual Bibles in church. Exactly, as opposed to using your... Using your Bible. Right, app. right. It's not the same. Right. Right. I, I to- so anyway, um, but I always like to look at what people are reading on e-readers to mm-hmm. see if it's different. And it's totally different. So really? the stuff people read on e-readers is not the same stuff. This is the same week, the same bestseller list. The number one nonfiction book last week was Grant by Ron Chernow, the biography of Ulysses. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Tara Westover is also in there. But number three, C.S. Lewis. The Little Book of Wisdom, Meditations on Faith, Life, Love, and Literature. He now, just keeps getting repackaged, doesn't he? Isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Uh, Michelle Obama's up there again, but she's at number six. Um, and I Am Hutterite, The Fascinating True Story of a Young Woman's Journey to Reclaim Her Heritage by Marion Kirby, which is a fabulous book, but is at least nine years old. Hmm. So it's just very so strange what it, shows up on these lists. Is it uh, uh, that, I mean, Amazon, who's the 
the largest bookseller is they do this re-release or repackaging? No idea. Hmm. I truly don't know. But anyway, it's just interest. Now, the one thing that an e-reader will do for you is allow you to travel more happily. Because especially like when I was in Europe, you you can have a hundred books on you, right? Carrying right. books around when you are taking the kind of trip I did, where you're in and out of places every day, and you're carrying your suitcase around little teeny tiny European towns mm-hmm. with you know stone that's eight hundred years old, and your suitcase is getting stuck. The last thing you want is another ten pounds of books with you. So that's when an e-reader can come through. Agreed. Otherwise, forget it. I don't see the point. Um, my husband got excited also because when I got my first e-reader, he thought, thank goodness, all this accumulation of books in our house oh, can end. Declutter. But guess what? The joke was on him because it, it didn't stick. It didn't. And now we have just as That was why I was no longer allowed to get the newspaper. Why is that? Because I, it would sit on the kitchen table and, and I wouldn't get to it that day. And then the next one would come and then the next one would come. Pretty soon we have a pile of... Uh, in the recycling and and pretty much most of the newspapers um, were were just taking up space in the kitchen. I'm assuming I'm going to get to read it, and I don't. Yeah, and then your ang- wife gets angry. Yeah, and all of your children resent you and, and all my think ch- that you're cluttering up the house. No, my children like it because then they have something to lay on the kitchen table when they do art projects. They're okay, great. Well, right. uh, anyway, so. Happy uh, Book Lovers Day. We're going to talk at the top of the 5 o'clock hour about five of our favorite books, plus something we're currently reading that we'd like to recommend to you guys. So stay close for that. I did want to mention um, local news today. Um, You may have read or heard that bomb threats were called into five locations, including three area hospitals Mm. in Allegheny and Washington counties last night over a two-hour period. No bombs found, thank goodness, said Allegheny County Police. The threats came in five separate calls. They started around 8 p.m. They were Traced to a main area code, but of course, with cell phones, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. where you are. So there's nothing to say that the person was actually in Maine. Um, no, and, and it was the main area code, not a main area code, because there's only one. There's only one area code yeah. in Maine? 207. Yeah, we dialed, we just dialed seven digits when we called even five hours away. Okay, so Dave used to live in Maine. I traveled yeah. to Maine a couple years ago, and it is a whole different. It Everything. Is. It's the way life should be. It is the way life should be. That's what I like the sign that. Says. It does what. Okay, threats were made against the Allegheny Valley Hospital in Harrison, St. Clair Hospital in Mount Lebanon, Mon Valley Hospital in Carroll, Washington County, the Benetton Center downtown, and here's the here's the outlier. D's six pack and dogs in Swissville. Oh my. That's a good place. You ever been there? No, I never have. That's good. Oh, well, let's give them some business because yeah. I'm sure they were a little concerned last like night about everything. Bi- okay. I would like, if you're in Swissville, let's, we're, we're sending a shout out. Get Stop by Chicago. at Chicago. At oh, you think they should get the Chicago? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, each time the caller would state there was a bomb in the business. Some reported the call seemed pre-recorded. Others described that the caller seemed to interact on the call. Uh, it was a male caller. It seemed like it was the same person. And by the way, I'm reading the PG article by Andrew Goldstein. Anyway, county police are seeking federal help to investigate the threats. I'm happy that there was no interruption to patient care, uh, to patient care in any of those instances. And again, thanks to law enforcement for doing an outstanding job um, trying to protect the city and everyone in it in times like these, which are scary as heck. Anyway, um, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about a bear. All right. Mm-hmm. Not just one bear. Because, but a you know, I was bear. thinking we haven't spent enough time on bears this week. Exactly. Well, it's awesome. Friday and we're going to make good on that. Good. Today's ride home.
sand gets hot. You gotta move fast, like a dog chasing a frisbee. Move just as fast to the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event. Because for the first time ever, you can get 20% estimated savings on select Ford vehicles. Plus, earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. Don't let this hot deal on America's best-selling brand pass you by. Get into the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event. Based on 2010 through 2018 calendar year sales, Moda must be activated within 60 days of purchase through the Ford Pass app on a smartphone and remain active for at least six months after activation. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles, vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by four dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 9319. See participating dealer for complete details. As parents, you're dedicated to seeing your kids live out God's call for their lives, to enter adulthood with discernment, integrity, biblical values, and the ability to thrive in work that's meaningful, to not only make wise and faithful decisions, but defend them as well. At Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin, pre-K through 12th grade students thrive in an environment that fosters biblical discipleship and authentic education. Cornerstone Prep, ready for life at cornerstoneprep.net. The Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates are successful sports teams because they have a plan and they stick to it. Before their games even start, they know what they want to do and how they're going to do it. The same is true in retirement. Do you have a game plan or are you just going to wing it when that day comes? I'm Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group, where we strictly focus on retirement planning. We help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. Give our team a call now to start building your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't be unprepared. At Accurate Solutions Group, we can help build you a plan to get you to and through retirement successfully. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save the green. studio with Dave Moore today. John Hall taking another day off. Yeah, I saw this story um, that was a surprise to me. Um, I don't live in any area, Dave, where I have to be concerned about bears or deer. Are you sure? Oh, we have deer. Our garden is constantly hacked by deer. Is that right? We've done we've done everything. Yeah. And it's it's just a feeding ground for deer. Yeah, that's a shame. So you don't want to put a whole lot of time into your garden when you think you're just going to. No. And we do. And and just when the tomatoes like they'll take the entire top of a tomato plant off. Oh, that's so de- that's so depressing. Yeah. I have something you know. I'm I'm overrun by rabbits. Not that this is like epically interesting to anybody, but I'm overrun by ra- really? by rabbits in our yard. And but something tall started munching on my tall flowers. 
And I'm wondering if I have a deer roaming around now that you've said that. I'm starting to worry about it. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you about a bear in Snowmass Village, Colorado. Okay? So when your mom says you should lock your car in your driveway. Okay. Yeah. Usually you think that's to prevent someone coming up and stealing whatever you might have out of your car. The loose change. Right. Yeah. The book on CD. And my gum. No, this uh, this instance of have you locked your car, uh, the person, of course, said, no, I didn't lock my car. And what happened was a bear broke into the car. Wow. Okay, so I don't know how the – did the bear know how to work the handle? Maybe he pried open the trunk. I don't know what it was. He got inside, but then the door closed behind him and he got stuck in there. Oh, no. Okay. Scared bear. The scared bear – This sounds like a children's book. Made a complete – complete wreckage of the car yeah i mean everything is nuked inside as you can as only a bear could do right right? it's completely utterly nuked now something happened where they were the bear was able to get out because the bear was not found in the car wow um but anyway the cars here's the problem insurance is not covering it Of course. Because there's, because there's nothing in there's the policy no rider that covers this. that says anything about what happens if a bear breaks in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So these people have had the, the interior of their car completely ruined and no remuneration coming from insurance. So how about that? When was the last time you had a <laughs> Well done, Mike. That's scary. When was the last, have you ever had your car broken into? I don't think. Yeah. I had my, I had my car stolen. When I lived in Oakland. Really? But it was just for like an hour Hmm. or maybe two hours. They brought it back for you? No, they left it in Highland Park. Oh. Yeah, but that is, yes, so that happened to me one time, but it was when I was just out of college. And you got it back? Yep. Cool. Yeah, have you had your car stolen? Not my car. Or broken into? No, broken into, yes, not my car stolen though. Okay, did they take anything or leave anything? Change. Really, they just took change? Yeah, this is when we lived in Indiana. They just, they, they, um... Just we didn't leave the we didn't lock the car and they just got in. Got and, in. And it was and the th- reason we didn't lock it. It was like six o'clock at night. Right. They just got in, took the doing. change, and ran. We we came out the doors. We saw them running away. There's nothing you can do. A bear's more exciting. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you this. I want to change the subject. Wall Street Journal today has an has an article by Joe Queenan on higher education. Right. Um, the kinds of courses that if you could go back to college, you wish you could take. Yeah. I think about that a lot. You know, I, I was an I was an undergrad. I was an irresponsible undergraduate student. I did not value my education. Truly, I agree. I, I did, not, did not value my education. It wasn't until I went back to school. Um, for my second degree that I actually was fully invested. Same story. And interestingly enough, that's when I was paying for it. <laughs> that might have, there might be a link there. Not only that, but for me, I went to, I, I went back when I already had a family. Oh, right. So you were thinking, look, I'm not messing around here. Right. I'm here to learn something, get out and make some more money here. Right. Okay. At least two U.S. universities have just introduced high level courses for students, Dave, interested in a career... In the marijuana business. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Maryland so Un- high-level courses. Exactly. Cute. Huh? Maryland University School of Pharmacy will offer a master's degree. Well, it's ne- it should be the School of Economics. In medical cannabis. Cornell University, Ivy League, um, has introduced a course called Cannabis, colon, Biology, Society, 
and industry. So this Cornell class will cover everything from cultivating marijuana to marketing it most effectively. So that's good to know, right? The Maryland Master's Program, on the other hand, will prepare students for careers as pot-savvy healthcare professionals. This sounds like cannabis studies. Yeah. Okay. So does this make you think we've lost our mind? Well, here's the thing that that has bothered me about this, that we've spent the last 50 years virtually eradicating cigarettes, mm-hmm. making it yes. entirely socially unacceptable to smoke. We have to turn smokers into pariahs. Right, right. But hey, ma- marijuana? Oh, marijuana's the best. Yeah, let's legalize it. That's great. Why is that? Why is that? It is amazing, isn't it? When I I think about it, you know, if you smoke here in Seven Parkway Center, you can't smoke in the building. You can't smoke around the building. You have to go to the Heidi Hut. Which yes. is which is yes. a little unit. The, the cone of shame. It is. That's basically what it is. It's like a little bus stop type of edifice uh-huh. that's like back in the parking lot. So you have to really want to smoke. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it UPMC that um, like the entire health system told employees they could not even smoke off the clock? Off, off the, oh, I don't know yeah. about that. Remember, I, I don't want to misspeak here, but I remember this at least policy being discussed. Well, you bring up a good point. We as a society have decided, and it has been reinforced through media, through celebrity, through whatever, that smoking is deleterious for your health. Right. Right. So don't do it. It's like seatbelts. Right. Right. Yeah. In, we, we invested a huge information campaign of people wearing seatbelts, and both of them have worked. They worked. It's been wonderful. It's been, yeah. So it is curious that we are turning the clock back almost and saying, well, cigarettes are bad. But if you want to smoke weed, like more power to you, it's going to fix whatever problem yeah. you've got. And and my difficulty with with the no smoking movement, and I look, I don't like smelling it. Okay, and I never smoked, so I don't have I don't have the I, all I can have is is secondhand compassion. Um, but uh, what what ha, what what bothered me about that movement is it was about um, regulating unhealthy behavior well where do we stop me and john we love a coke yes you do okay both of we you love a coca-cola and yeah, i'll tell you what that's unhealthy that stuff's gonna kill you i know that's what they say i know corn syrup when they start coming after that terrible um so we're gonna smoke weed but no coke we're gonna smoke weed. yes no coca-cola yes and it's and it's going to be no gmo it's going to be gmo free right. organic locally sourced weed <laughs> Because right. that's because free range weed free is the only kind exactly. I'm smoking. That's exactly it, and I am going to look down my nose at you if you get your weed imported mm-hmm. from another state. I, I you seriously, know, you think are destroying the earth. This adds up to us losing our minds. And mm-hmm. let me also say, Have you consider the carbon footprint of your weed distribution. Yeah. No, system? I don't think anyone's considered okay. that. But another thing they haven't considered before they decided to legalize it is the fact that there's no way to test for it if the police pull you over and you're high. Mm. There's no breathalyzer that's going to wow. work when it comes to marijuana, but nobody ever considered, no one who was in a legislative position ever thought, you know what, we should probably get something like that that works before we legalize this and find people who are high driving around. Okay, but where I work, uh, about every third car that drives by my workplace has the smell coming out of it. I don't need the breathalyzer. Well, I know what's in that car. There you go. There's got to be a limit, though. There's got to be, a, you know, if you're over point something, right, you're impaired. I don't know. We haven't decided on it. I'll tell you. We put the cart before the horse. More, 
Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, how to fix the baby bus, the relationship among birth rates, gender norms, and work culture. It's more complicated than you think. We'll also talk about Book Lovers Day, our favorite books, and plus a couple we're currently reading for your weekend. Stay close on today's Ride Home. I'm ready. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Police in El Paso, Texas say the Walmart shooting suspect told them he targeted Mexicans. Detective Adrian Garcia said in an arrest warrant affidavit, Patrick Crucius agreed to waive his Miranda rights. It says Crucius emerged with his hands up from a vehicle that was stopped shortly after the shooting. His first words to officers were, I'm the shooter. Crucius told them he had driven for nearly 10 hours to get to El Paso and he was targeting Mexicans in the attack. Eight of the 22 people killed at the Walmart were Mexican nationals. Besides capital murder, federal prosecutors have said they are also considering hate crime charges against Crucius. I'm Ed Donahue. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 90 points to 26,287. The Nasdaq dropped 80. The S&P lower by 19. And crude oil up $1.96 to close at $54.50 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Summer is here, and Matt's got the barbecue out all ready to grill. That's why he trusts Super Polygrip, so he can enjoy his steak with full confidence. Polygrip. Sounds like there's a party going on, but something's missing. The birthday gals arrive. And thanks to Paula Dent, her bright smile is anything but a surprise. Our total basement finishing system is unique, but what's even more unique is the way we interact with our clients. Energy Swing's Steve Rennekamp on building the basement of your dreams. You have a dream to finish your basement. The question is, whose dream is it? A lot of other companies start working on your basement and build it the way they want to build it, and so it ends up not being exactly what you wanted. We don't work that way. With our 3D rendering system, you can actually see what your dream looks like before you decide to invest. Our design consultant comes out and actually builds the basement with you on his computer, and you can see a 3D rendering of that finished basement. And if you don't like something, we can change it around. We can even place furniture in the 3D rendering so you can see if all the things you want to do in the basement will fit the way you would like them to fit, which gives you a unique perspective on what the finished job is going to look like before anything is done. Mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at energyswingwindows.com. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program 
to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Clear skies and comfortable for tonight, dropping down to a low of 58 degrees. Tomorrow, a nice start to the weekend with plenty of sunshine, pleasantly warm but low humidity, high 78. Clear and comfortable again for tomorrow night, low 56. Staying nice for Sunday with sunshine mixed with some clouds, Sunday's high 81 degrees. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. It's a beautiful Friday. It's going to be 58 degrees tonight. For those of you who don't have air conditioning like me, it's like we're going to have to get out a special blanket. You're going to have to actually put your stocking cap on? Maybe. Close the windows? No, I'm not going to close the windows. No, I never. I can't stand to sleep with the windows closed. I hate really? that. I don't like that at all. Even in the winter? No. I'd rather have a window. But now my husband will enforce that and say, you know, we're heating the room and we're just sending right. the heat Does outside. Does he say you're heating the outside? Right, exactly. Okay. So, But if I had my druthers and money was not a concern and I didn't care about, you know, wasting energy, I'd always sleep with the window open. But doesn't the noise get to you? No, I like the noise. Oh, no. I like, the, I like to know what the things are going on. I like dark and silent. Dark and silent. That's Dave Morris sitting in for John Hall today and uh, Mike on the other side of the glass. Happy Friday, everyone. I don't think it's too early. In fact, it's, I mean, it's already six minutes after five. I think it's a perfect time for me to tell you your weekend has begun. Finally. You make me wanna kick my heels up and Exciting. I didn't know we were shouting, but now we are. Who is well, that? I mean, well, who did the shouting? Isley Brothers. Oh, jeez. Am I right? Bingo. Can you look that up? Yep. That's it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Jeez, that's impressive. Boom. Crushed it. Today's Book Lovers Day. Um, we're talking about uh, the not just books that we know we should read. You know, I have a lot, especially nonfiction books, that I have on my shelf because I know I should read them. Yes. Right. It's important that I read them. How, what percentage of books on your shelf have you read? An indicting question. I, okay, let me guess. I, this is this is going to be humiliating, but I'm just going to be honest about who I am. I bet you. It's just on, you and me, Kathy. There's, there's nobody else listening. This and and fifty thousand of our closest friends. I would say that for a full forty percent of the books on my shelf, I've never read. Really, a full forty. Okay. I would like to say it was ten, but that's just a lie. Hmm. What about you? Probably. 25 I haven't mm-hmm. read. Um, I, I I was a history major in college. And so um, I bought a lot of books that were required for classes and then skimmed them. 
And and they're books like biographies and the history sure, of Europe sure, sure, and that sure. kind of stuff. Right, right. But I kept all of them because I'm a hoarder, and they're <laughs> on my shelf. I, they stare at me, and I keep pulling them off as the years go by. I just finished The War of 1812 a mm-hmm. few months ago, which is a really dull read. But I should have read it in college, but it was I, I find it more interesting now. Right, okay. Um, I wish I was better, and I'm just not. I have to be honest. This we just, all do. That's what it is. Um, so I want to ask you just, uh, we don't have a lot of time here, but I want to talk about your favorite books. Okay. Um, give me like three, four of your favorite books. You can do fiction, nonfiction, or whatever. Okay. Classic. One, one at a time, we'll go back and forth? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, 2010 by Arthur C. Clarke. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen. Oh, wow. Boy, it's deeper. Post-Captain, the second book in the Aubrey Maturin series oh. by... Um, uh, by Patrick O'Brien. I've never read any of those. I've read all 20 of them. I'm on my second way through now. Wow, that is awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Um, the Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Oh, you are much deeper, more thoughtful than I am. Oh, that's not true. I'm going with That Hideous Strength by C.S. Lewis. Such, that's very deep. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's an awesome book. Twisted in That is everything. so good. It will that is mess so good. Uh, the Hobbit, J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, okay, good. Good. Now, um, I bet you that there's a McCullough on your list. There isn't actually, oh, really? but I should. But there should be. I should have okay. put John Adams. On I had there. to narrow. I had to narrow it down. I went with John Adams. Okay, because that's yeah. such a great book. I yeah. absolutely love that book. But honestly, I could pick the Johnstown Flood, or I could pick 1776, or yeah, yeah. or the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers, They're so good. Oh yeah, the Wright brothers is so good. Um, the Body by Chuck Colson. Ooh. It's one of the most formative books I ever read. Yeah, you you've spoken before about how formative Chuck. Colson oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love the body. Okay. Now, now here's one that's going to sound really odd. Okay. Okay. Um, the the Exodus commentary by Douglas Stewart. Wow. Now think of it, this is Fee and Stewart who did How to Read the Bible for All Its Worth. Okay. The Exodus commentary, the, the commentary that Douglas Stewart wrote on Exodus by itself is something that I can just pull off the shelf and read. Wow. Yeah, it's really good. Wow, that's a surprise. Uh, the Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis. Oh, well, there we go. It's kind of that hideous strength. It is. Isn't that a fascinating thing? It, it just is. makes you It makes you question so much. Oh, The Great Divorce. It's so beautiful. You know what my bus. favorite thing about The Great Divorce is? Yeah. I love the idea that believers are solid people. Oh, oh and and that um, I, I remember the, um, the reflection of getting off the bus mm-hmm. and the grass hurting his feet. Isn't that because it was so real? It was so real, and he realized he had never touched something real in his life. Isn't that glorious? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You can just what a dwell wonderful on that, thing. can't you? All right, last one, Wrinkle in Time, Madeline Langle. Oh, good. Good. Uh, you have some real classics there. Yeah. What? Uh, do you have another one? Yeah. No, no, no. That was, that was it. Okay. Like you can't think of another book. I mean, yeah. who are we kidding? Um, we need to take a break. Um so, oh, you know what, though? Before, I want to ask you about what you're reading now. I almost forgot. Current. Oh, I'm, I'm going through the Aubrey Maturin oh, series right. again. Right, so right, right, uh, right, right. I'm up to 13 Gun Salute, which is the 13th book. Okay. And how many books are in that series? 20 plus the 21st he was working on when he died. Wow. And you've read them all and this is time, too? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really... It's better the second time. Is through. it really? Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, I'm reading Stones from the River by Ursula Heggie. Okay. Um, it's a book about Germany, about the German countryside. I just got back from Germany a couple of weeks ago. And um, it's a novel about a young woman who grows up there and sees the changes in Germany leading up to 
uh, between World War One and World War Two. You know, I noticed neither of us have a comedy. We're heavy people. What is we that? Are. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy might have cracked the top ten for me. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Anyway, happy Book Lovers Day. Hope you've enjoyed this. There's a lot coming up on today's Ride Home. We're going to talk about evangelism in just a little bit. Is it different sharing your faith now in America than it may have been ten years from now or ten years ago? WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New New music. New music from Francesca Battistelli, Defender. Enough by Corin Hawthorne. That's enough. I Got You by Aaron Box. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsareuspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsareuspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsareuspittsburgh.com. That's windowsareuspittsburgh.com. Hi, I'm Milo Ventimiglia. And I'm Amanda Seyfried. Now, meet the dog who will show the world how to be human. Enzo is more than just a dog. He is an old soul. He's a spiritual being. I think audiences are going to pick up the importance of family, focusing on those things that are giving back to you in life. The most emotional things are the things that stay with you and teach you you can get through anything. Call it fate, call it luck. All I knew was I was meant to be there, dog. The Art of Racing in the Rain. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. Since it's Friday afternoon, what am I thinking about? Mike and I are talking about food because we like to, you know, make ourselves sad and pathetic around this time each Friday. But it's also the perfect time because we want to talk to Marsha from the Spring House and find out what she's got good cooking out there. Hey, Marsha, what's going on? Hi, Kath. How are you doing today? Are you guys at the fair? Yes, the fair is starting this weekend. So it doesn't actually start till Sunday this year, but the pig weigh-in is tonight and the heifers and cows go tomorrow. And then we open the doors to the booth on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And we're going to have all kinds of yummy things there. We've got a toasted almond fudge balls, a strawberry ice cream shortcake, blackberry cobbler and ice cream, peanut butter brownie thing, fresh fruit parfait, all kinds of really yummy special ice cream concoctions, and, of course, our Mm. chocolate milk. So, And the fair is so much fun, too. You know, just good old-fashioned fun. And then you have to come up on the hill and see our cows, and we might even take you up to see the pigs. And so it's just a great time to come on out to Washington County and, and enjoy the Washington County Fair. That's perfect. If you're interested in something fun to do for the weekend, the Washington County Fair, if you're there, make sure you find Marsha and the rest of the gang at the Spring House.
What happens to a society when the birth rate isn't reproduced, when those who die in a country aren't replaced by new babies? What happens to countries who had a burgeoning birth rate 50 years ago and now find themselves not repl- at a non-replaceable birth rate? Well, I mean, that country's in decline. What happens to a country that has $20 trillion in national debt and a declining birth rate? Mm-hmm. Birth rate? Yeah, so fewer people to pay off an exorbitant amount of money, mm-hmm. right? That That's a recipe for disaster. Um, we've invited Hannah Anderson back to the show. We love when Hannah joins us. She lives in the haunting Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and spends her days working beside her husband in rural ministry and caring for their three kids. Also, she scratches out some odd moments to write. She contributes to a variety of Christian publications and is the author of Made for More and Humble Roots. Hannah Anderson, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to be with you, Kathy. Boy, Hannah, these are interesting uh, statistics that I've been reading. Um, The replacement birth rate in uh, the U.S. is below what it needs to be. Now, this is something that we've seen in Western Europe for quite a while. Um, What are we seeing that's new in this area of study? Well, some of the things that I've been seeing recently are actually pretty surprising. Um, I think we all have a sense. I, I know even anecdotally, I look at our church nursery, there's just not a lot of kids in it. Um, you know, we see smaller and smaller class sizes in schools. And so I think we feel this kind of tension. We can see it, but we don't know what's happening. And a lot of times researchers will link this back to questions about shifting gender roles, right? Um, maybe two or three generations ago, families were really large. We're talking about six, eight, ten children. Mm-hmm. And if you even read obituaries, sometimes you'll read people with siblings, you know, six, seven siblings. And that's just changed, especially since, um, you know, reliable chemical birth control and shifting gender roles. And so a lot of times um, we'll kind of focus in on that and say, well, you know, maybe questions of women being in the workforce or changes in home life, loss of marriage. And this is why we're not having um, as many babies. And, you know, we're really just not on a, on a path to reproduce ourselves. Um, One of the things that's come out recently um, in the data, and I've seen this coming, um, these kind of conclusions coming from American Family Institute and um, professors like Professor Brett Wilcox and other folks are noting that it's not just about gender role change, though. It's a question of how important are our jobs to us? How important is our marketplace work versus our family life work? And that's where they're seeing some shifts in the data where we might have maybe looked at Western Europe and said, well, you know, there's this really highly egalitarian kind of structure, lower birth rates. But what's really surprising to is that those rates um, are the lowest birth rates are in actually places that have very traditional gender roles combined with a heavy emphasis on women as workers in the marketplace. Mm. And it's actually places that are asking women to do it all, Mm. both in the home to still be very domestic and carry the traditional weight of the home, plus asking them to be workers in the marketplace where they're seeing the lowest birth rates. And Um, They see this in places like South Korea, Eastern Europe, and what they're actually seeing in um, places where women are supported in their ability to work and care for children, 
that the birth rates are stabilizing and actually going up. So, so you're saying that if 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 we're concerned at least about replacement, um, if not if not expanding birth rates, then we have to make a choice. Either like right now, what you're describing is that um, societies that are not willing to make that choice, but instead are pushing to have it all, both have uh, women have high market value and traditional gender roles. That that's the least uh, that's the, the where where the least the lowest birth rate is, but so either choose the traditional gender roles and forget about market value, or choose market uh, market value and have society built around women um, having full value and yet flexibility in the workplace. Well, that is one possible solution. I think what they're seeing in the data is that women actually are doing best when they can provide for their families, care for their families, have the space they need to have children without fear of never being able to go back into the marketplace. Hmm. And I think the tension we often see is that women are put in this position to say, well, you can choose home or you can choose job. You can choose home or you can choose an education and a career. And what they're actually seeing is that places that have more supportive family policy that might say to a woman, okay, take a year off, take two years off, take Mm -hmm. three years off, have your children, and you can come back without that being a penalty on you, Mm -hmm. that you're not going to have to start again or go to a low-level job or Mm -hmm. have this gap in your resume, that that actually is allowing women to flourish and thereby feel safer and secure and be able to invest in their families. It's when women feel like they they have to sacrifice between the two that they're not able to go ahead and having children. Right. Hannah, I just got back from Germany a couple weeks ago, and I was there for um, for a little more than two weeks. And one of the things that I was surprised to learn when I was there, I'd never traveled uh, to Germany before, was that the policies for paternity and maternity leave, as you might expect, are much longer than they are here in America. So instead of a six-week term, um, the woman I was speaking to, she is a physicist with the Audi Corporation, she got three years off. Three years. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. I'm not advocating their system over our system, um, but there is something in speaking with her and her husband that they are experiencing a quality of life raising little kids that is very different than what it was like when my husband and I were raising little kids. So there is something... I recognize that there's a lot of penalties that they pay and it's high taxes and all those sorts of things. But I have to say, I did envy what their lifestyle was like. Right. And I think that's the point of concern where there is a lot of legitimate disagreement about how we would get to a place where women are supported, where they can be home with their children when they're young. And I think those are policy questions. And, you know, we don't have to adopt a kind of socialist setting, you know, that you see in in Europe necessarily, but there is broad-based bipartisan support here in the States for more flexible maternity, for better, um, you know, family leave if you have to care for an aging relative. And there there are a lot of policies that lawmakers are working on that may not be funded by, um, you know, higher taxes, but something as simple as um, a worker could choose to pay into a fund and then withdraw from it themselves later when they needed it and have the time off and not be afraid 
um, of losing their job. And one of the places here in the states that's working in this space is the Center for Public Justice, which is a, a Christian think tank outside of Washington, D.C. And they, they've been working on an initiative called Families Valued, which is basically to promote family-centric policies um, so that we are supporting what is central to good communal life, and that's the, the strength and integrity of our homes and our families. Um, so there are Christians doing good work here in the States, kind of promoting these conversations based on the belief that God has created us to live in families, um, that our work and our family life should actually partner together and not be in conflict, and that families shouldn't have to choose between doing good work in society and caring for their children. Yeah, that is well said. And that's a that's a type of policy that I'd be really interested in uh, investigating. I really would. Hannah Anderson's been with us from the Blue Ridge Mountains of West Virginia. She's the author of Made for More and Humble Roots. More coming up on today's Ride Home. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-620-8844. That's 800-620-8844. 800-620-8844. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at My Pillow said, hey, John, can you try out a My Pillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need My Pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, 
a white horse. The Word of God Audio Bible is a radio drama of the New Testament, word for word from Scripture, voiced by some of Hollywood's biggest names. Own this 22-hour audio New Testament. Log on to wordofgodaudiobible.com. And for a limited time, you can download the audio Gospel of Mark free. Visit wordofgodaudiobible.com. Clear skies and comfortable for tonight, dropping down to a low of 58 degrees. Tomorrow, a nice start to the weekend with plenty of sunshine, pleasantly warm but low humidity, high 78. Clear and comfortable again for tomorrow night, low 56. Staying nice for Sunday with sunshine mixed with some clouds, Sunday's high 81 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. John Hall taking another day off. I'm in the studio with Dave Moore, a new mic. Uh, Dave, have you invested yourself in karaoke? No, never. I mean, except when I'm driving down the road listening to Boston. Doesn't count. By the way, good band choice. Mm. Mike, karaoke for you? I love karaoke. My go-to song, Bon Jovi, Shot Through the Heart. (laughs) And you're to blame. You give love. A bad bad name. name. That's right. That is so awesome. That's high-level poetry, isn't it? It is. (laughs) High level I have never done karaoke in my life. Oh, you have to. No, okay, but I have, don't get that's it's. But horrible. you have an actual so singing fun. voice. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not a great singer. That's not a secret to anybody. I mean, I sing for I, as part of I my job. Disagree. But, okay, well, it's sweet of you to say. But um, well, Mike, since you're invested in karaoke, how often do you do it? Please say every week. I'd love to do it every week, but I've probably done it like a handful of times in my life. Okay. Well, I'm glad you've survived. Thanks. Appreciate it. Do you know why? Why do you bring this up? A Chinese man ended up in the hospital with a collapsed lung <laughs> after a marathon. He was shot through the heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what happened. That's not what happened. In an interview with the video site Pair Video, the 65-year-old Chinese man mentioned only by his surname Wang said that after singing 10 straight high-pitched songs... Well, yeah. He began to experience chest pains. Duh. He says, quote, I was very excited in the heat of the moment. <laughs> and maybe he was singing okay. Heat of the Moment by yeah. Asia. Yeah. Oh, maybe, yes. It was the heat of the moment telling me what <laughs> your heart meant, which is one of the worst lines in rock. It's a horrible line. Anyway, uh, he says, quote, I found myself having breathing difficulties. Wang, who lives in Nanchang County in Chenchi Province, and I may have butchered Good for that. You, for you, 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 yeah, definitely, yeah. you definitely butchered that. <laughs> Told Pear Video he has performed the tunes before, so this wasn't oh, the first time, okay. but, and he didn't have any issue. Um, despite the chest pains, he decided to go home, but the pain got worse, so the next day he went to the hospital. The doctors found out he had indeed strained his lung. Uh, the patient, according to the doctor, quote, suffered from a lung collapse because of the high lung pressure caused by singing high notes. Uh, it's better not to sing for a period of two hours than to do that sort of thing, he said. That's the that's the physician perspective. This is just one more good reason for me to not do karaoke. It really is, because yeah. you could endanger yourself. Okay. Mike, new Mike, our karaoke expert. Yes. Um, what is the uh, the song that you have done in karaoke that you were least qualified to do? What's new, Pussycat by Tom Jones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't do that. He one. had that. It, he had that so ready. Yeah, That's it, unbelievable. It's, it, first off, it's way too long, and, and Tom Jones. I mean, you can't replicate that. Oh my can't. gosh, that was at, that was. And the lyrics are just weird. That. 
Yeah. But, but other than that, it was a great experience. Oh, Do it, it again. It was a heat of the moment, awesome <laughs> opportunity for me to to sing that. Yeah, yeah Tom day. Jones is no Bon Jovi. Yes, we're just happy you survived, Mike. That's right. WORD. You can win an amazing cruise, an adventure to respark your marital relationship on Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stronger. And when you enter, you'll also receive a free copy of Family Life's ebook, Stronger Forever, a personalized six week plan to grow your marriage. Make your marriage stronger. Register now to win at wordfm.com slash stronger. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsareuspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Somewhere today, at a Christian school near you, a teacher arrived at work, not because of a paycheck, but a calling, a divine privilege to invest their skills, their time, their academic training, their entire life to equip young minds for success in this world and beyond. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half off home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save the green. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do. So now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. 
Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. When we talk about sharing our faith, I mean, it's kind of loaded in a lot of ways because in our culture, everyone's supposed to believe what they want to believe. And, you know, you don't infringe on me and I don't infringe on you. And, you know, so we have to kind of keep it. Everybody stay in your own lane. Um, But it's not like in, you know, many other countries where it's just it's either illegal or it's discouraged. So we, we still have freedom of speech, but the cultural, the way we talk about faith to me seems different than it was a couple decades ago. Um, as we think about the importance of what it means as a follower of Jesus, you know, our command from him doesn't change. So when he said, go out into the world and share the gospel, baptize, baptize teach, teach yep. right? That hasn't changed. It's not like because your, quote, cultural conversation changes, mm-hmm. your mandate from God changes. It's not that. But I wonder if maybe we're more reticent now than we used to be. I More reticent? I don't know if we're more reticent to share our faith necessarily. We're more reticent to bring it up at all. Okay. So that maybe maybe getting the conversation started. There was a long time where it was very easy to assume that everybody— had at least some baseline of understanding of Christianity. And so you'd have a conversational starting point, whether you felt comfortable sharing your own personal faith or not, um, you at least felt like you had somewhere to start the conversation. And we have less and less of those natural conversation starters now. Mm-hmm. Is that perhaps? Yeah, that could be it. Well, mm-hmm. to talk about exactly what it looks like, at least from his perspective and the perspective of the Pittsburgh Experiment, we have Chris Buddha on the program. Chris is the executive director of the Experiment. Chris, always happy to have you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. What do you think? Do you think things are different now? Do you think the conversation's changed? Yeah, I think everything you guys shared is spot on. Uh, I would be I'm surprised. No, go ahead. <laughs> Now, I'd be reluctant to try to say there's one blanket statement that covers what evangelism mm-hmm. is and isn't and what it looks like today and how successful it is. But yeah. Get, come closer to the mic. You know, so haven't, been you in, haven't been in the ministry doing outreach for 30 years, Kathy. You mentioned how it looks different just the last yeah. 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. absolutely true. Uh, I think the other thing was it stirred me out. I don't know if you guys have seen the book by Barna, Reviving Evangelism. He was uh, – you guys do use a lot of Barna yeah, stuff. Yeah, we do yeah. use a lot of Barna. I don't know that one. It, it, it was commissioned – did I break the machine already? No. <laughs> I just want to hear you, my friend. Alpha Course, if you're familiar with oh, that, yeah. started in, in uh, England about 30 years ago. Well, there's Alpha USA commissioned the Barna Group to do a study on evangelism because mm-hmm. their question was they had seen in the last 20 years while they're doing Alpha USA the difference in outreach and how the results were coming and the numbers coming through the door. And not surprisingly, what Barna found was just like church attendance, you know, the numbers have been dropping precipitously about mm-hmm. folks who are sharing their faith. And it was just eye-opening. One of, one of the eye-opening statistics that I read that really stood out to me was that 48%, almost half of millennial identifying as Christians said evangelism is wrong. Not that they're hesitant wow. to do it. Not that. So, Kathy, wow. you made you made mention that well, we're reticent fight. to do it. Yeah. That, that whole generation, over half of, almost half of them are saying, no, it's actually wrong to evangelize. And so with that backdrop, with the numbers in churches dropping, with the, group, with the generation coming up behind us, not just reluctant and reticent to do it, but thinking it's the wrong thing to do, uh, wow. the gospel spreading in this wow, country that is, is, so, is very Wow, that unique. is so different, Chris. I mean, you think about America 100 years ago, right? The, the, 
you couldn't even divorce the ideas of Christianity from just normal day-to-day life in, in most of the country. Absolutely. How did we get where we are today? Is, is there a, and, and, and I'm spitballing, and I was a pastor for a long time. I preached for a long time. Is there, um, is there a connection between what's coming from the pulpit and what people believe about evangelism? In other words, there, there are, um, I don't recall um, a significant number of sermons in the last five years um, not just in our own church, but as I've listed around, that focused on Christ's command to go baptize, make disciples. Hmm. I, I'm not sure that Barna addresses that, and I'm not sure if mm-hmm. I have a strong opinion. But I would say part of the issue, too, is just the fact that less people are going to church. So whether it's not what the preachers are preaching in the pulpit, there's less people in the pews to hear what the preachers preach from yeah, the yeah, pulpit. Yeah. And yeah. So it's cyclical. Okay, let me tell you this. This is a, a personal story. I was watching, I was on Instagram last night, and I follow Beth Moore because I, I really like Beth a lot, respect her a lot. And she posted a video by Christine Kane. Now, Christine Kane is a woman who is an international Bible teacher. I believe she's Australian. And she sent a video talking about um, the evangelism... Uh, mission that she was involved in 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 Paris, Mm. which is going on right now. And as she was talking about, you know, people were making decisions for Jesus and how exciting it was. And she was, she was going on and on about it. This is what was so interesting to me. It made me uncomfortable. Why is that? Because I think in America, I am getting infected with the idea that it's wrong. Hmm. Like to me, and here's me, like I've been a believer my whole life. I, you know, I have a job, but that is how much I think that that American conversation is seeping into me that I heard her talking and I was like, whoa, that seems like a lot. The reason I asked you how come the follow up, because I feel the same way. Do you really? I've got friends who just coming back from Africa and they talk about the big uh, tent meetings where thousands are coming to Mm -hmm. faith. That happened here. Yeah. And so my gut reaction may be a little different variation on the thing what you were saying, Kathy, but it's like, well, when everyone stood up at Promise Keepers, all the men at Promise Keepers, or all the Billy Graham Crusades, when the numbers say less and less people going to church, where are all those believers? And I wonder how much our evangelism methods of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and last century were seeking a decision for Christ. And part of that was not really disciple-making and getting people engaged. Mm-hmm. So you can followers have of, of Christ. No, you can have a lot of people saying they're in. And I'm not, again, yeah. please, I'm not criticizing, but you're trying to diagnose now where right, we are right, and where right. we get this. The other uh, number I noticed from Barnes said that 77% of Christians, people who identify as Christians 30 years ago, 77% had been to church in the last six months. Now people identifying as Christians who've been in church the last six months, 60%. So almost half. They identify mm-hmm. as Christian. And almost mm. half of them don't go to church over six months. Another group I saw, I wasn't born, as different research, was saying for folks who identify as believers, as followers of Christ, they said, you assume, again, at our age, you guys are younger than me, but, you know, go to church every week is just assumed at least three times, a, yep. three times a month. For people who are going to church three times a month or not, less than 20%. And so you can talk about the speed of life and travel and sports and all that. But as we said, no matter how you slice the, the pie, there's just less and less people in the pews. And I wonder, again, going back to that decision for Christ, decision for Christ, decision for Christ, how many mm-hmm. made followers of Christ, as you said, brother, uh, because all those people are still, many of them are still alive, but they're not in the church pews anymore, and they're not evangelizing, they're not doing outreach. Again, that's not a criticism, yeah. but it's kind of a critique trying to figure out how yeah, we got right, where right. we are and what and, the remedy is. Yeah. And Christianity has become church optional. It's become just about everything optional. And... and 
um, I grew up going to tent revivals as well, and um, it was fire insurance. Mm-hmm. It was scare them into making a decision. And yeah, and I, I hate that. I, 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 I do. And I, again, I also I, hate people going to hell. Right. So, so <laughs> here we are. Point. That's a good point. Yeah. That, like where, where do is is. I I agree that is the spirit who calls us. I agree that the last time I was happy when a telemarketer called me or when somebody asked me how I, you know, somebody out of the blue tried to make a sales pitch to me, how thrilled I was about that. And yet I have also experienced the number of people that I've sat and listened to their stories and then had the guts to say, you mind if I pray with you real quick? Mm-hmm. I've never had I've never been rejected by a non-believer. Yes, yeah, I agree. I haven't either. I have not either. Part, that's awesome. A part of that presupposes you had a conversation with a non-believer. Okay. Uh, right? Cuz yeah. what you said it was in response to what them sharing your story. What what if I and I'm wondering because again the way we used evangelism explosion Romans road all the tent revivals there were some great tools mm-hmm. and again I'm not putting them down but I'm not sure how effective they are in the 21st century in 2019 with the statistics we're talking about. What if we took God's commandments uh, to be true and simply lived life the way he wanted us to live? The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind, right? Mm-hmm. right. The second of these is similar, which mm-hmm. is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. So the top two commandments, none of them necessarily say evangelize your neighbor, but they say love your neighbor. And I, from what these numbers are saying in Barner's report, at least, that came out, is saying there's more and more people who want relationship, who would desire to be in a conversation and to hang out with someone, to be friends and neighbors with someone, and let that that kind of cultivate the groundwork to having a conversation about faith. One of the other numbers he threw out was the millennials who identify either as non-faith people or people of faith other than Christianity. 65%, I think the number was, said that they would be interested in having a conversation with someone about faith, with a Christian about faith, with two caveats. The one being that they didn't make light of what they believed. So so listen to me and hear what I'm saying and don't criticize. And two, don't try to force me into a decision. Isn't that a late 20th century Mm -hmm. evangelist? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Kirk Cameron, I gave you four points. If you die today. You you have to go. And I came to faith through that specific question. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, there was relationship that led up to the question. There was a cultivation of the Mm -hmm. soil of my soul. But so I'm not, that's why I said I'm never going to put down some of those things. But in combination with relationship, these people are saying... I would love to have the conversation without getting pushed to a decision and without having someone making light of my spiritual ideas or things like that. The follow-up question, just like, follow-up question was, how many of you people know Christians like that? Less than 20%. Mm-hmm. And so it wow. sounds like there's people willing to talk, but that they don't know people who are willing to listen, like you said, mm-hmm. and then respond, can I pray or do that? But, but be in relationship first prior to the, the conversation or prior to getting to the four steps of salvation. So, so playing off of that, um, the the two caveats. If I can approach somebody and be and be assertive about what I believe, not aggressive about what I believe, nor passive about what I believe, but assertive about what I believe, without feeling any kind of anxiety about whether you believe or not, then not only um, not only will I be more honest, but I stand a better chance of you hearing me out. Absolutely. I, I, whether it's the four spiritual laws, the evangelism explosion, the things we've been talking about, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with those in relationship. Mm-hmm. But if we can be good listeners 
and be receptive to what people are thinking and saying. I, th- I think the doors are open to those conversations. But you're saying the door isn't open if you go with the pres- if you're just handing out a track to someone or you want to hand if there's no relationship. I just think that's the, the, everything you've seen anecdotally in the yeah. world and everything that is Barna's newest research would say that, that people are more reluctant to do, to do that. But to be engaged with a person and say, what do you think? You have to listen to what they think. I think you're right. I think yeah. people are willing to hear that and not saying, well, now I'm right, you're wrong. Just simply laying it out there. And you mentioned before, it's the spirit who leads. I think for many of us who are evangelicals at our age, got to be comfortable with the spirit leading. And yes, saying that. Uh, for sure. You know, First Peter 3.15 talks about, he says, be prepared always to give an answer, the answer right. for the hope that lies within you when someone asks. And I think, again, we were so into the rote. It was a transactional relationship. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to relate to you long enough that I can give you this tract and then get a decision yep. opposed to just a, a relationship that's ongoing. That and makes I, you a salesman. And I think that what the younger folks, particularly millennials and below, are really looking forward to is relationship and commitment. Yeah, because I'll tell you one thing that I have learned about millennials and younger is they're sensitive to a sales pitch in a way that none of us ever were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can smoke that out in a hot minute. We're talking to Chris Buda from the Pittsburgh Experiment. Dave Moore's in for John Hall. Conversation continues in just a minute. On the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. A moo moo here and a moo moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Springhouse. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from-scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Here is your new Pella Lifestyle window when open. Here it is. Closed. The new Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. 
at extremetruck.net. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, you can get a $25 prepaid Visa card by mail when you buy any Napa automotive battery. That's Napa know-how at participating Napa Auto Parts stores and auto care centers. While supplies last, offer expires August 31st. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Mike Badalini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. here on WORD. You can also call Mike Badalini now for your complimentary customized retirement and income kit and 115-page retirement and income book at 844-449-SAFE. That's 844-449-7233. Jesus' command to his followers to go out and baptize uh, people in the name of Jesus. This is something that we all have to do. This is the Great Commission. It didn't stop uh, at the end of the first century. It didn't stop at the end of the last century. Uh, But how we do it, I I think that's that's an important conversation to have because we want to be about uh, doing what Jesus told us to do. We also want to be about telling a real story, right? The story that's ours to tell, something that's personal and real, because the things that impact me the most when I read stories are people's own stories, right? And so if I'm going to share who I believe Jesus to be, I want to share what's in the scripture, and I also want to share what I've experienced myself. Anyway, we're talking about the the ways that our culture and the ways that our country and maybe the ways we talk have changed how we speak about faith. And Chris Buddha's in the studio with me, executive director of the Pittsburgh Experiment, and Dave Moore in for John Hall today. Okay, so Chris, let's talk about this idea of a slow boil. You mentioned that when we were off the air, that, that it's a different type or it's a different way of looking at a conversation about faith. Yeah, for... First, as we're talking about evangelism in the late 20th century, we talked about it being transactional. I think that's for people who are actually doing it. But it scared off so many people that they were doing sales, going door to door selling school candy or something. The people just didn't do it. And so I think there's still a reluctance for believers who are solid in their faith and who really do care about their neighbors to worry about how do I how do I do it? I don't know the right words. And I would say, talking about that Matthew 22, just love your neighbors yourself. Enter into a relationship with your neighbor. With the Pittsburgh Experiment, we do it in the marketplace at work. But if you're working next to somebody, pray for them mm-hmm. and then enter into a relationship with them. Hopefully you like somebody uh, in your community, in your workplace, in your school, wherever you find yourself. And if you like someone, then be their friend, be their neighbor. And as that, as that progresses, is invite them into a community with you. It's not necessarily fellowship without parsing the words too much if they're not believers, but to, into community because we know this too from all the studies that it's particularly young people, but we know many people our own age who just lack community, who, who are mm-hmm. sad. Yes. There, there's more people in counseling today than ever in, in the history of the world with the chief complaint being loneliness. Yep. That's despite mm-hmm. all the connectedness we have with social media. And so we've substituted this idea of you relationship out with connectedness. You know, but but that's what they're saying. We're connected. Well, that's that's not the same thing as relationship. And then people are in counseling because they're saying they're lonely despite having 3,000 friends on Facebook. And so this idea of evangelism being loving your neighbor, entering into a relationship, 
giving them opportunity to get to know you, listening to them, like we said, ask them what they think, and being prepared to answer when they ask what we think. I was with mm-hmm. one group that I run downtown for months, and I just listened to everybody else. And one of them looked at me a couple of weeks ago and said, you never share what you thought. I said, you never asked. And they started <laughs> laughing because they're a group of lawyers. And they're saying, well, since when do we have to ask permission to tell us what we think? And I think one of them knew what I was getting at because if you're going to ask what I think about my faith, I will share it. I'm happy to share it, as you mm-hmm. were saying, Dave, as you know, have opportunity to, to share it. I'm happy to share it. But I'm sticking close to that First Peter three fifteen. I'm going to give it hope for the for the the hope that lies with me. I'm going to give mm-hmm. an answer when someone asks. But I think in this day and age with the loneliness of people, yet despite being in this hotbed of people having knee jerk reactions to faith and politics and religion and mixing them all in one one uh, conflagration of a of emotion, mm-hmm. just kind of standing back saying, "Let me love my neighbor, engage in relationship." pray for them and look for opportunity just to serve them where they are. I guarantee you, my friends, I guarantee you from my life, I guarantee people are going to say, what is it with you? Or why do you believe what you believe? Because you know what? People know what you believe. You yeah. don't have to shove it down their throat. They know, they know how you handle your words, how you handle your family, how you handle your work. Just wait. Pray that God would open Amen. their hearts to ask that question and respond. And I have seen that happen so many times in my life. It's It's such a joy. To be surprised like that when someone asks you that question. It's wonderful. Let me ask you what the Pittsburgh experiment's doing, Chris. Well, the experiment's going to be 65 years old next year, I believe, uh, and has been based on the principles for 65 years of the power of prayer and the power of relationship. And so the experiment is group-based, marketplace-based. We've got about 21 groups going right now. Some of those are open groups. People can pop in and see as, as fit. But what we try to do, kind of a two-pronged approach, uh, we have a group for people, men and women, who are of faith, who are just looking to get out of the office uh, once a week, once a month, whatever. There's different frequencies. But just kind of getting out of the office and saying, I'm about ready to burst. I'm a lawyer. I'm a banker. I'm someone downtown uh, who just needs to get a breath of fresh air. Come get a positive focus on life. Share any burdens you have, and then we'll pray for each other. Those are there's some of our groups. The other groups, ones are that are just more community-based, where we've got people who are coming together kind of with the same thinking in mind, but who aren't people of faith necessarily mm-hmm. yet but who still want that community group. We want to offer that to them as well without, again, forcing what we believe I on people. That. But always being prepared to, yep. to give an answer if someone asks. And most people, when they come, they know. They look at the website. They know we're Christian-based. Mm-hmm. They know who we are. Uh, but it gives people that opportunity. Now, all that's covered in prayer. The Pittsburgh Experiment for 65 years has been a big believer in prayer. And the two prongs of prayer are the prayer experiment, which we engage with people. So one way we do it, Dave, you said you ask people if you can pray for them. Mm-hmm. If it's in relationship, we say, you know what? I'm doing this with two different guys right now who are having some deep waters come around their, their breathing canals. Mm-hmm. We just say for 30 days, let's pray and see what God would do. You can do mm-hmm. that as an outreach too. Pray to whatever you believe out there. But we understand if you open your eyes and your heart to God, we trust him to respond. And then we do a monthly prayer time downtown. So it's small groups, it's prayer. It's for people who are faith to get a breath of fresh air from work, but it's people who aren't in faith who say, I just could use some friends. I don't necessarily want to discuss religion, and we're receptive to that, saying, well, come be with us, and we just discuss life. And then just so you know, we are praying for you whether or not you want us to or not. I'll tell you, I love that so much. And it's a reminder that that the gospel, the Spirit of God, is bigger than us, mm-hmm. and it's bigger than our performance. Yeah. And if the gospel is true, then... Uh, and if if the Bible is true, then it's going to land. The yeah. people are – if this Bible is true, then people are searching for it, mm-hmm. and it's going to connect. Yep, it'll happen. It's not something we have to engineer on our own. Or be afraid of. Chris Buda, a pleasure to have you. Thanks, guys. Listen, yeah, I'm geeked Chris. about the Thanks, experiment. Dave. Just go with God. 
It's awesome. Thank you. All the information about the experiment available at where? Chris, give me a website. PittsburghExperiment.org. Is that PGH or is it P-I-T-T-S? Yeah, the whole word. It's the whole the thing. Whole word. <laughs> Tell me again. With Pittsburgh. PittsburghExperiment.org. <laughs> Spell out everything, <laughs> including a word. <laughs> John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.